Good morning. Good morning. We are now on episode... 28. Is it 28? Yes, it's 28. I was doing a U then. <laughs> right. That's four weeks. Four weeks? Not quite a month. Well, it depends how you look at a month, really. It's still it? pretty but good going, so high five for that. That's <laughs> right. So, what are we talking about today? Cha-ching. Cha-ching. <laughs> What's <Money>. cha-ching? Money. <laughs> Yes. So, in what way are we talking about money? Well, why are we talking about money today? Um, well, we've got a guest tomorrow, Siam. Um, Siam Kid. Yeah, that's all about... the Realistic Trader and Wealth Action Plan. Exactly. So, he's all about generating wealth and um, building businesses for yourself. He also has a course, Nailing Life. Um, right, yeah. So, it's all about self-development and, and um, improving your wealth um, and well, he's your independence a, and everything else that comes along with it. Yeah, and he's a super interesting guy because he's very, he's incredibly humble. Um, we've known him for quite a few years now and we've seen him go from literally nothing mm. to a very successful, wealthy individual who's just basically walks a walk. Yeah. You, so. yeah, very much so. So you've wanted to do money a couple of times. When we yeah, just kind of, like, and oh. I'm like, no, no. So, and the reason being is because it's it's a huge hang up for me. So, yeah. this is this podcast is either I'm I'm either extremely well qualified to talk about this because I battle with money mindset all the time. Yeah. Or I'm like the last person you should listen to. I haven't decided which camp I kind of sit in. Yeah, and I think well. Money is a is a trigger for you, right? That's Massively. like things can be going quite well in life, but. Like you can be, you could be like you use that terminology of science things like nailing life. You yeah. could be literally succeeding on multiple levels, but if the financial piece falls over, mm-hmm. you have a massive like emotional reaction to it, don't you? Oh, but yeah. you don't have like a tantrum where you're hitting the floor or anything. You have a <laughs> internally, I do. Yeah, <laughs> but you that's like a real fear trigger for you. Yeah, isn't it? it is, and 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 I I feel it to my core. If it, right. if I even when I. You know, if I get a sudden big bill come out of nowhere, even if things are going fine, yeah. it, it immediately triggers something in me. Yeah. Um, that I I feel it physically. I know my my heart races and everything. And even yeah. though I kind of all the money mindset stuff I I do practice and um you know I try and kind of just breeze through that when I open that yeah. I I still get that physical kind of hit. Yeah. And it's um and it's what a lot of people get. You know, it's it, money is worse to talk about with people than sex a lot of the time you know people it is a really personal and uh triggering thing um yeah it is for lots Uh, and lots of people well it's also i think fear as well when it comes to money can come out in different ways right so it's it's not because your your way of dealing with money worries is to just obsessively look at every detail and like where where can we fix this? What can we do? And all this kind of stuff. And you will literally drop everything. Well, and to, to contract as well, yeah. um, which which is the wrong thing to do. Um, oh, when you mean by contract, you mean um, to just kind of yeah. So to not do anything proactive or that yeah. Well, I'm like, what can we cancel? What can yeah. we stop doing? Yeah. You know, uh, um, I yeah immediately kind of want to shrink and pull everything back if there's, yeah. a, if there's a money challenge rather than go the other way which is really what you should be doing you should be meeting it yeah and we've and had and instances that in smiley booth right yeah. back in the day um well in fact this year mm. uh, so we're doing this podcast if you listen to this in the future this is now december of 2020 so most people and businesses have had a really rough time of it this yeah. year but um 
back in the day, I remember we had a situation with um, with Smiley Booth where there was just no sales. There was no mm-hmm. nothing. Just everything just seemed to stop. No yeah. matter what, everything that we were doing yeah. suddenly stopped working. Yeah, and um, we. Well, in fact, that's the story for another time. Mm-hmm. That is that two seven two thousand and seventeen yeah. story, but the other version of that story, the other time that happened was because uh, I'm always in the business. I'm always about forecasting stuff mm-hmm. and working stuff out. And we had I'd identified that a month in the future it was in October. We were completely dead on our feet mm-hmm. um, cash flow wise. Mm-hmm. Like we just didn't. When I was looking at how many bookings we had and everything else, I was looking at it going, we need we need to bring in. A lot more cash basically we needed for that business to turn over for that events business to turn over i think it needed to do something like 25 25 grand a month yeah. for it to cover all expenses for staff and yeah. for us and for equipment offices everything yeah. just to just to wash its face basically mm-hmm. and we had 1800 pounds yeah. in that in the in the diary for that month well, it's this... because november is tradition was, was traditionally our quietest month of the year and, and... yeah we invoice in October, so it was November's activity, which meant October was really quiet and, and yeah. looking at in the abyss. <laughs> well, and that was the first, I think that was the first real test for me and you in terms of like testing the hypothesis of whether you should retract or just run headlong into the problem mm-hmm. like, and just be a regressive in terms of, and yeah. in that scenario, my argument won, oh, like yeah. the retraction, yeah. and it was just a basically, because we both, basically, we both basically approached it in opposite ways because yeah. we identified the problem in August yeah. and we were looking at the forecast going, something. there's alarm bells going there. We can yeah. see October is going to be an issue unless we do something different, mm-hmm. like dramatically different between now and then. And you were immediately like, oh, panic, see, <laughs> right, where can we cut costs? What can we do? How on yeah. earth do we go from 25 grand down to 1,800 pounds? What can we lose? What can we tear out so that we don't go belly up? Yeah. And, and I was like... Okay, well, instead of stop spending money, can we spend more money now yeah. and ref- uh, to get more inquiries, more stuff? Yeah. Can we work way harder now to get to make way more business than we'd ever expect to do? And we ended up pulling in twenty eight grand mm. in in the October um, instead of so we went from eighteen hundred yeah. to twenty eight, and we and we just diligently worked on that through August and September to to hit that goal. And that was a real realization that okay, some things you absolutely should retract yeah. and cancel and get rid of waste, and we've definitely done that this year. But in, but you shouldn't just rely on that strategy, right? No. You should definitely have. What's that saying? Isn't it something like um, attack is the best form of defense or yeah. offense? Well, you say we've defense. done that this year, and we and we have like um, we we've obviously cut lots of things back and. Um, mostly staff and, and resources. That's why you and I are kind of doing everything at the moment. Um, but we've also invested. Uh, you know, we've we've created, say it, um, and built that platform from the yeah. ground up so that it's wholly owned by us, mm-hmm. rather than you know buying an off-the-shelf product as we have done in the past, which yeah. is a significant investment. Um, at a time when we done, we not only attracted ourselves, but we also said, right, how do we? How can we best serve our franchisees? Yeah, exactly. So, in the um, in the March, we we actually we actually saw the problem of lockdown prior to the UK mm. because we're being in France. Mm. We were in a lockdown 
couple of Bef- weeks before. Yeah, a couple of weeks before. So we were very acutely aware of the problems that this was going to cause. So we were very proactive in that we were reaching out to the franchise network um, for Smiley Booth, Photo Booth Hire, and just saying, look, what can we do to support you? Yeah. Uh, what what it, they, it, How do you feel about all of this going yeah. on? And, and this could be a really bumpy road for the next couple of months, because back in March, it looked like everything was going to be right by June. Yeah, or July. Um, yeah. June or July. So we had all those conversations through April, and then by the end of April, we determined, look, we don't want to be a liability on the franchisees. We want to, we want to look after them as much as possible. So we literally reduced the order uh, franchisees costs down by seventy five percent. But at the fees, uh, you mean fees, fees yeah. yeah, by seventy five percent. So um, from the end of April onwards, like from the beginning of May onwards, and still are, <laughs> and still are. Yeah. yeah, we were just like we, like, you guys have got enough to focus on, and we just keep rolling that on. And so that was a problem, right? Because yes, we'd reduced our liabilities in the business, yeah. but we'd also dramatically reduced the revenues that that business then brings in. Yeah, yeah. So we had to make a decision, right? Oh, Jesus. Well, we need to create other revenue streams yeah, exactly. and, and they'll also complement that business. Yeah. But, um, and give the franchisees an opportunity to earn Well, and, and for the future as well, you know, not just to get you through 2020, but our something that is is going to be valuable out the other side because obviously 2020 or however long it, it was predicted to go on for is only ever going to be a temporary thing so you don't want to throw yeah. all your money into something that's temporary you need to yeah plan for the future yeah exactly but that was a scary decision right yeah, yeah. because say because that goes against your kind of contracting right so <laughs> if you if if the if we didn't entirely bought into that, we wouldn't have say it because no. say it's cost tens of thousands of pounds to get off the ground, yeah. right? Just to just to develop it. Yeah. So which is particularly scary when yeah, you're is. when there's no revenues coming in, no end in sight. We started that journey in May yeah. of 2020. So it's uh, yeah. So there's definitely I suppose this this episode is going to be about like strategies to help you nav- that, have, that have helped us yeah. navigate uncertainty and my and like mindsets that help because yeah. i think we create a balance right mm-hmm. that i go headlong attack and yeah. you go into massive defense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's um but alongside that you you know you'll do your spreadsheets and things to to measure it which is which is really important um, yeah whereas i'll do kind of fag packet calculations well and you'll stress yourself out right so and this the spreadsheet piece and the the money piece well i think we should come on to in a a minute about the um just about how you should manage money and everything else and by the way guys uh, anybody watching or listening to this we're not money experts by any stretch of imagination right (laughs) this is just strategies that have helped us navigate some really tough times and 2020 has definitely been that um we've um, and th- they've kind of helped us get through. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's important that we um, we decided a while ago, I think it was probably, well, it was the t- t- 2017 blip, although I think we've been kind of um, moving towards that mindset anyway, was, you know, we've always been quite ambitious people and when we, and we knew we wanted to work together and obviously Smiley Booth came along and that was a perfect opportunity for us to... Well, initially it was just a hobby business, but then when we realised it was obviously going to be a success, yeah, we gave up our jobs and and kind of ran at it, and and we've always been, you know, we we would 
see other kind of local businesses and they were doing like the local circuit yeah. and they were like no we want to be bigger than that we want to be yeah. across the country and so we've always been ambitious and we've always been driven initially uh, or we were by the big house and the big car and keeping up with the Joneses yeah. and the, the nice watch on your wrist and the yeah. nice clothes and all, all of the trappings that, that everybody you know that you see all over Instagram or whatever um, but I think we realised fairly early on that that's a, not what makes us happy, and B, you're killing yourself for just these material things that, to me, is, isn't real wealth. And you're, yeah. you're kind of... Um, we grew with Smiley Booth very fast, but in some ways we grew it too fast, yeah. um, which had its own challenges and mistakes that, that had come alongside that. So um, what we've kind of realised is that it's, it's about enjoying now. And, yeah, enjoy and, the journey. Yeah, enjoying the journey, creating a a lifestyle yeah. that you enjoy. And that doesn't need to... Because you can live a, a wealthy lifestyle. Um, in fact, Marie Forleo, um, in, in, I was reading a blog of hers that was talking about money mindset. Right. And she says, bring your own luxury. Right. Um, so, you know, if, if you, you can't afford to go out for a fancy dinner right. um, or, or you even just don't want to spend that money, whatever it is, um, you know, you can you can create a fancy dinner experience yeah. y- yourself. You, mm. you put get the nice cutlery and the plates out, dress up, put some background music on and you've got a nice experience. Yeah. So I, I think um, that changed things for us where we're, we're still ambitious, but we're ambitious in a different way. Well, yeah, I think the I think the enjoying the journey thing is a really important aspect because if you're enjoying the process, you'll you'll keep showing up, yeah. and and you're and you won't stop thinking about like what you're doing. So and you enjoy learning and everything. Yeah, else. I mean we th- we thoroughly enjoy doing the podcast. We thoroughly enjoy doing Smiley Booth and uh, and thoroughly enjoy doing Say It. That they're things that they don't just they're not just pieces of work that have to like eventually create returns or whatever yeah. it is they're actual things that if if they none of it paid any money i think we'd still be actively mm. interested in and, yeah. and doing you know just for the for the sense that we feel like we're creating something of like tangible value to yeah. other people yeah. right and and it's fun mm. right but the um, but you're right about the um, the material aspects because We've I, we've never been rich, mm. okay. So um, we've never been like vastly wealthy individuals. That might be something that happens to us in the future. Well, and we and both I hope. started negative, didn't we? You know, yeah. we, we met each other um, with our own. We're both flat broke, yeah, and then had to pay for our own house, our own wedding, and everything else. You know. So oh yeah, we've never had. There's never been family that have come on board and say, right, here's a hefty check. No. There's. It's always. It's always been off. I. I was. Um, I was out of uh, home from seventeen, yeah, um, and uh, didn't go to university or anything yeah. like that. And the I've always said to you the concept of um, uh, that the lead, I was effectively left under not great circumstances yeah. that my family home at seventeen, and I was very conscious from the age of seventeen that I could be homeless. Like the, the, the divide between the, like having a roof and being on the street was not a massive divide. Mm. Like that was a very fine line. So I was always very conscious of that. And I remember when we first got together and um, some 20 years ago, whatever now, and um, I remember being so broke 
that I was I was ill. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a, and um, I couldn't afford to buy the antibiotics, yeah. which were like seven quid yeah. or twelve quid yeah, or something like that. Too. And I and I was I was ill, ill. Yeah. Like and um, yeah, and I didn't have enough money to buy antibiotics because it was just, and it was a so financial pain yeah. is definitely something that I don't think you ever. I don't think we have ever entirely escaped it no. because being in business you you see opportunities and you're like I I can't not take advantage like take that opportunity and so we are always trying to invest in opportunities to grow yeah stuff um but I think we've got we've definitely got smarter with how we make those investments and what we buy because yes. I um that you talk about the material things. Um, I remember, especially in my corporate banking days, like the car you drove, the suit yeah. you wore, yeah. the watch you wore, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. They were really important things to yeah, have the house you live in. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember obsessing about having a particular watch. Yeah. And this watch was four or five grand. So just for a watch. And I remember thinking, right, okay, well, the moment we've done X, Y, Z, I'm buying that watch. Yeah. And sure enough, I bought that watch. But I obsessed about having a watch like that. Yeah. For a year, mm-hmm. two years, yeah. before we actually uh, went into the shop and I went, right, I want that one. And I purchased it and it was a, and I remember thinking, oh, this is amazing. And I put the watch on, I was like, great. And then for the first few days, I was like, look at my watch. <laughs> and then it was just a watch. Exactly. It, yeah. Like the, like the, drama of it just disappeared yeah. within a few days and i've never been the kind of person that keeps something really pristine no no uh, it's no. and so it just doesn't work for me to have like a a really fancy car or really fancy clothes because i won't look after them no uh, i don't want to be that person that's constantly like oh kids don't do that because you might don't touch it us, don't touch yeah it, it's, um, that's not the way i am i'm a lot more i don't know a lot less high maintenance i guess yeah but it took us a, it took us it took us to it took us until we got into our 30s, our mid to late 30s, yeah. that we started to fall out of love with possessions. Well, it was just realising there's another way. Yeah. You know, we'd, we've, we'd all, life felt like such a struggle. I mean, this, this year it, it still does, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, we had these big lofty ambitions and we'd started with, like, negative, yeah. not, not even nothing, but negative nothing <laughs> yeah yeah we had debt yeah. at a very early age had yeah, yeah like struggle keep a roof over your head yeah all of those exactly things. and it it just always felt like this big unobtainable goal that we yeah. that, that if anything we felt like we were kind of slipping away from rather than getting closer to well worse than that it was we were seeing other people making dramatic success yeah. or outwardly looking like they were absolutely nailing it yeah and and we were kind of watching them going, hang on, I don't understand. But, it's very easy to fall into that trap, isn't it? Yeah. Of envy or... But on that, and and I still the green-eyed monster, absolutely, but I I was kind of seeing, okay, they've got that, but, oh, their marriage has fallen apart. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. or their health's not very good. And I was like... And these kind of alarm bells, I think, were going in me, thinking, is this this, this doesn't feel like the right path. Is yeah. this really worth it? Yeah. And then um, when kind of everything started to look like it was unravelling for us in 2017 and then we obviously came up with the B plan of travelling which then became our A A plan. Yeah, once everything corrected itself. Yeah, um... and then we we sold everything. I mean just the the impact the the experience of selling everything. It, yeah. it it to start with feels very very strange and very um 
when you're if if ever if anyone ever takes this journey of, of going full time traveling it, it or if they're going through a situation right now where they're literally having to sell belongings to yeah. meet make ends yeah, meet yeah, right because yeah. that's that's the reality for people at yeah, the moment yeah. right but it, it feels quite it feels really alarming to start with when you're you know, when yeah. you're kind of getting rid of all this stuff but afterwards it, it feels really freeing and, and I remember we went through this kind of over a few weeks this shift between not wanting to let go of something yeah to what else can we sell <laughs> yeah so it's yeah it's a really strange experience because you don't realize how much how much you are personally wrapped up in things yeah. until you start trying to get rid of them yeah and I had several issues I had some real bad issues with it, didn't <laughs> yeah. I? your sofa yeah, yeah, I'll come to that in a sec. But I, I found that um, I found that the belongings we had were like in some way, shape, or form a representation of our lives up to this point, mm -hmm. the work we'd done up to this mm -hmm. point, and our and our wealth. Like, yeah. not that we had a huge amount of wealth to talk no. of, but in some way we were a bit like a magpie, I suppose, with a pile of stuff. It's just yeah. like it doesn't necessarily. It's not very. It doesn't necessarily mean it's worth a lot, but it's it it's just in some way, shape, or form that was like my our stamp on yeah. the world. And by getting rid of stuff, it felt like we were erasing our past, right? Mm -hmm. We were erasing any evidence of any like past success mm -hmm. or, or or past achievements, mm -hmm. you know. So this sofa was a great example of that, right? So I had a sofa, um, which uh, it's just. A sofa that we used to have in our kitchen diner that yeah. used to sit in the kitchen diner. We had a big bay window that overlooked the garden. It wasn't even yours originally. You must no, have given I was, it to I was you. given the thing. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> even buy it, right? And the um, and I think they spent a lot of money on it. Yeah. I think it was like two, three grand just for the sofa bit, not for the. Sweet, it wasn't yeah. the suite. That was just for the sofa bit, and and they'd had it for donkey's years and then they were like oh I don't, I don't want it anymore do you want it and I was like yes I'll have it <laughs> and we had it and no one else liked it that much apart from me did they because it was super comfy and that was my spot I would sit on that sofa um in that house in our yeah. house every day yeah. like in the mornings that was my spot and um and of course then we had to sell everything and basically the short and tall of it is when we were selling everything, we then had this drama of where do we put the sofa because it was big and we couldn't identify, we, we couldn't agree where it should go. So we then started looking at storage options yeah. and the storage was going to cost us somewhere in the region around two grand a year and we were planning on going away for anywhere between one and three years. Yeah. And so I was just about, to, I was basically saying to the guy, yep, yeah, fine, we'll do that. We'll stick the sofa <laughs> in it. And it was you that said... What the hell are you doing? So <laughs> potentially you could spend six grand on storing a sofa that's probably you couldn't even give away anymore. Yeah. And you could just buy a new sofa at the end of it. So, and it was then I was like, oh yeah, I'm being an idiot. And that was the realisation. Yeah. Once the sofa had gone, I was like, get rid of everything. And in the end we gave it to the neighbour that we didn't even like. Yeah, yeah. Who put it in like his shed at the end <laughs> of the garden, which was just rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even in a great spot. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Probably got the dog sleeping on it now. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's you're right. The the attachment to possessions um, is is a really hard one. And but it's very once you've broken through in your mind, just being able to just get rid of stuff, the f freedom you realize there was a part of your brain always 
set aside to for those belonging. Yeah, yeah, there is because because there is a level of maintaining stuff or if things yeah. break or or we whatever it is storage or clean and just tidying and cleaning up yeah. all the time clutter um i mean since we've because obviously we didn't have anything when we moved to france because we got rid of Sold everything stuff, yeah um you know th- this house is in lots of ways quite minimalist but yeah. i like that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well if anything as we started to fill the house because it was like okay well we need to buy a suite and we need to buy TV, we need to buy cupboards and whatever else. And it was like, oh, it feels like we're starting to accumulate stuff yeah, again. Yeah. And um, and you're right, it's the maintaining, when you've got kids in the house as well, it's the maintaining of that yeah. that stuff all the time. It just becomes a bit of a burden. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. But it's nice now just having, um, you know, I've got one pair of boots for, yeah. for outside. I've got one pair of trainers for running. I've yeah. got one pair of sandals mm-hmm. for the summer I've got one pair of nice shoes I d- whereas before I had like 30 pairs of shoes yeah. which was just completely unnecessary so it's, yeah you it's... had an insane number of shoes and, and just clothes in general yeah and well it... I hoard which is also a, a um, symptom of uh, scarcity mindset oh really yeah so I would hoard all my clothes yeah well, and it would take you an age to get rid of yeah because I could never decide what to wear yeah <laughs> so get so reducing stuff if anybody's in that situation at the moment where they're having to get rid of stuff um, either to make ends meet or just because change circumstances or or whatever um, you're not your stuff yeah it's very you're, freeing yeah very you're free. you will you will feel better for it at the other side mm. um, it's and it's amazing how quickly you can go from it's like a light switch how you can go from being like I was emo- emotionally I mean that sofa was like the home I always refer to it as the Homer Simpson armchair where it's all tatty. That's what it was, really. <laughs> yeah. But I was so emotionally attached to that item. Yeah. And then when it was gone, it that emotion that was with it had disappeared. Yeah. Like there was no I can't genuinely connect to that mm. thing now. If it was to arrive now, I'd be like, What the hell would I do with that? You yeah, know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, oh, excuse me, it is a light switch. So yeah, don't get don't, don't get attached to things. And I think that's helped us a lot coming into 2020. Yeah. Because we had a situation where we'd moved uh, to France in January. And the idea was we we're going to spend six months in the UK, six months here. Mm-hmm. And we just thought we don't need to buy lots of expensive stuff because we don't want things and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so we didn't go overboard. But our old selves... Mm would have gone completely nuts yeah. on filling this this place up with... Well, we didn't have an oven for eight months. <laughs> yeah, was it that long? Yeah. So we moved in in the January. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. There was no oven here, um, and we knew we had to get it all kind of connected and everything, so... We <laughs> it didn't... wasn't eight months, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, Jesus. So we didn't, we didn't do that because it's just complicated with the French and everything. So we just thought, oh, we'll, we'll get a, like a multi-cooker and an air fryer. Yeah, it was middle of January arrived. Exactly. And, yeah, and we ordered those. So just for the first cut in a microwave, just for the first week or so until we get ourselves settled, we can survive on those things. Yeah. And then um, and then just time went by and then lockdown happened. Yeah. And nobody would come out to fit an oven. No so one would come out now. and you couldn't get to the, in the shops. Yeah. You weren't able just to buy stuff in the shop. No. So... Lockdown one happened. Yeah. And so and then yeah, we, we just got no used to it. And yeah. it was only when the kids said to me, Why do we only ever have six types of meals? Yeah. yeah. I was like, Maybe we should get an oven. Yeah, we got an oven. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's funny what you can do without, but you're kind of conditioned by society that you have to have these things. And this is even yeah. more important with Christmas, yes. right? There's a lot of pressure on at Christmas to 
buy stuff and to um and to and not just to buy stuff but it has to be a specific brand or it has to be yeah. a specific thing and it's like and that's and that's an enormous amount of pressure and um i one of the things that the traveling piece taught us it, it's a weird thing about when you are full-time traveling is that everything has to fit in your suitcase mm. right so because there's no there's no home for you to put it in because you don't know when you're going back to that home so everything you buy has to either replace something or fit into your suitcase and so we had a couple of instances that uh, we had two years obviously two years traveling uh, sorry two christmases amongst our traveling yeah and um and in both cases kids were like oh i want to have this and i want to have that and we were like well how are we going to fit it in your suitcase? Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, yeah, good point. Yeah. And, and that was the end of the conversation, wasn't yeah. it? And and they enjoyed the things that they got for Christmas were smaller and fewer um, for the last two years. But they played and enjoyed with those things way more than any previous Absolutely. year. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, and it's not, it, 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 I would say the biggest reason for that is because there's an overwhelm that happened to them mm. at Christmas in every previous year where yeah. it's just like, Open another present, open another present, yeah. open another present. And the actual gratitude and appreciation of the gift just got dismissed. Which I think is the case in so you know so many places, um, or so many kids, sorry, that yeah. um, they they just rip open these presents. I mean, I remember when I, I, well, I don't remember personally, but I was tiny. I've seen pictures. I was like one or two. Right. And my parents always said that, you know, I'd be playing with the boxes and right. not the toys because yeah. I'd just been ripping. I didn't know what I was playing with and yeah. I'd just like, oh, box. Yeah. <laughs> and it's they'd the spend however much on a toy. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's crazy what we're kind of, and the adverts, I think as well. Yeah. Um, because that was something that, because our kids didn't see adverts. Yeah. Because even before we traveled. No, we're we traveling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, even before we traveled, we didn't have like mainstream TV. Didn't no, we? it was we always Netflix have, or something. Yeah, Amazon like that. or Netflix. So they didn't see all these adverts for stuff. So they no. never really asked for much because they hadn't been spoon fed this. You yeah, need yeah, yeah. this. You need this. Well, that's so. a good point actually. If you think if you're listening or watching uh, this, and you're in your twenties, thirties, or forties. Yeah, I'd say 20s, 30s and 40s. The reality is, from year dot, you have been spoon-fed media yeah. to to buy. And that by buying, by purchasing stuff will make you happy. Yeah. Like you've, so if you think, oh, if you're thinking, oh, why am I thinking like this? Why, am I, why is this important to me? Why am I attached to these things? And why am I drawn to these things? You've had your whole life yeah. being, being manipulated to purchase stuff. And and you're to to listen to this or watch this podcast and then think, oh well, I'm going to change that whole behaviour from today. Yeah. It's like that's a mammoth task. Yeah. Because you've got a whole lifetime of just conditioning that happiness is associated with buying stuff. Yeah. And that's yeah. I mean, it took us. I think it took us to scare mm-hmm. in 2017 with the business. Yeah. And then the travelling, like literally lifting ourselves out of uh, English culture, that Western culture, yeah. and dropping us in Eastern culture that made us go, oh, it's not, and, and by getting rid of everything just prior to that, it was like a detox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think we'll ever go back mm-hmm. to the way we were prior to that experience. We well, might and we found, start to get pulled. But, yeah, and we yeah. found so many people that we met along the way. That had experienced the same things. I mean, like the, mm-hmm. the Canadian family that we've we've mentioned on, on previous podcasts. You know, They're amazing, yeah. He was an ER doctor. Um, they had originally 
a very big house in in um, Canada. Canada with a swimming pool and, yeah, and all, of this, all the trappings. Yeah. Um, they'd already downsized that because they were felt overwhelmed. Yeah. Before they went traveling. Yeah. And then they did it again. You know, they shut everything off to go traveling. And then the Californian family that we met. We say shut off everything off. So they literally. So they had all the traffic trappings of like life success yeah. right so what you would want for your children what you'd want for yourself in terms of money in the bank really high paying uh, employment built their own dream home yeah. on four acres i think it was had a boat had nice cars um just like super healthy yeah. great kids had everything they were they were nailing life yeah like, everything <laughs> was just perfect and then they literally just had a moment where they were like this isn't right. No, for this, is, yeah. this is this image that we've been told is what life is is not what life is. Yeah. And they and they sold everything. Yeah. They just got rid of every single item. Got rid of the house, the cars, the boat, everything. He quit his job. Every, and they just went off traveling. And they were much better at it than we were in terms of <laughs> they had a little backpack each, and that was it. Tiny backpack. Yeah. We used to drag four suitcases everywhere yeah. we went. Yeah. <laughs> they were very, very good at managing that whole process. Yeah, yeah, Because they, they, they moved faster than us. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, they were very inspiring because um, they're a similar age to us as mm-hmm. well. And um, yeah, to get to that definition of success and then go, no, it's not good. Yeah. This is not... But but so many people we met. I mean, they're, yeah. they're the Californians. That yeah. They, yeah. they sold everything and bought a boat. Um, and their their entire house, life savings, everything went into this boat. And they lived the life on a boat for a long time. I think yeah. they, they were probably out, out... Three years. Outstayed the rest of us. Yeah, I think about Two three, to three years. Two to three years. So I they, think they did that for. Yeah. Um, Travelled the world on a boat. Yeah. So it's... So if you are going through some massive changes at the moment and money is, or money is a real stress, some, the money isn't everything, and as they do say, but it, it's certainly an important factor. You know, you've got to earn money to put food on the table yeah. and definitely got to keep a roof over your head. But the possessions that is within that roof or, or the things that having a lack of money, kind of, if you let your imagination run in terms of, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? Where, what could we do? Mm. Where could we be? If, if this is like a blank slate, what, what are the things that I could be doing completely different? Yeah. That up until now, all of these possessions, all of these things have kind of held me anchored to. Mm. That effectively, that anchor's about to snap. And, and that's just it. It's not, it's not, I'm not, this podcast has kind of taken a different turn than I expected it to. It's not, I'm not trying to kind of get the message across that, oh, you don't need money and you should live with nothing. Um, that That's not the case at all because I still very much want to have wealth and money um, and we're still ambitious but it's for different reasons now i want that for um for the kids i want that for for their future i want it to be able to make more of an impact in the world in different things so it's just i think the the material side one didn't feel genuine didn't didn't really feel congruent with who we were i didn't realize what that was but didn't feel what congruent Congruent. Congruent. I said yeah. that. I'm sure you said congregant. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and um, it just didn't. It didn't match. You know um, who who we were. No. But I didn't really realise that. If you see what I mean, I didn't. Didn't feel like I didn't. 
really kind of pick up on what that was until we had the mirror of kind of seeing people in uh, Bali with nothing yeah. and um, and getting rid of all our possessions and that. And then we, our eyes were kind of open to, ah, now I know where, where we were going. Yeah, I think it's important. It's like you should be, I, I suppose the, the, the thing we've, I can get my words out. The thing that we've realised is that the things aren't us. They don't represent us. Yeah. So the watch, the the cars, the whatever it is, they're not you. They're just something that you happen to enjoy. So we have friends um, who have been very successful in life who are who use the objects like things as a, as a pull, right? So it's like okay. Uh, the success to me is not the thing, mm. but that's the reward for the success. Yes. That The ability to be able to walk up and purchase that thing is my reward. Mm. There's nothing wrong in saying, okay, a material possession is some kind of trophy mm. for an achievement. But as long as you identify it as just that, yeah. you know, it's not, it, it isn't part of our persona, our thing, you yeah. know, like wearing that watch just because you've got a, Rolex or whatever on your wrist doesn't mean that oh you're a Rolexer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> just yeah. Just trying to think of something. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a yeah. There's it's a separate thing. It doesn't need to define you, and it and for me it it felt more like a chain around my neck than yeah than um than it's something that I enjoyed. But it but it's an important point you said about a reward though because that is something that's important with a um. To strengthen a, a positive money mindset is to reward yourself for goals. So whether that is a material possession or it's an experience, um, but celebrating the wins and rewarding yourself. Um, and um, again, on the uh, Marie Folio uh, uh, blog I was reading, she she has a, a fun fund. Oh wow! Well, so yeah. um, throughout her whole life of of being in business, so even when she was just starting out, she would always have a fun fund. Nice. So that she never felt. Um, guilty or worried or anything about having that meal or going to the movies or buying whatever yeah. it was so that she just got this this little fun fund. Well, one of the things that changed, so if you're in business or starting to go into business right now, one of the challenges is managing your money, mm -hmm. right? So that's, um, it's just understanding how much you've got to allocate for tax, how much you've got to take for product, or overheads or whatever it is. And then hopefully you might make some profit at the back end of it. And uh, back back in the days where we were doing photo booth hire ourselves as, before becoming franchisees and franchisors full time, one of our challenges, and we we kind of glossed over this on a previous episode, but one of our challenges was just managing the money. It was mm -hmm. like it was a massive issue, and every time we got money coming in, um, it would just disappear off, yeah. and there it always felt like. Um, there was always this sense of urgency with when a bill came in and it had to be and and the profit was always something that was kind of well hopefully we've made a profit this year yeah. and and it was and in my corporate banking days that was a lot of the ways in which many businesses that I dealt with um, felt about managing money yeah you never really know you just say ask the accountant <laughs> yeah exactly right so we were then introduced to a book uh, called Profit First, which is by a gentleman called Mike McCowicks. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. But um, and the whole principle was he took the idea of profit and said profit shouldn't be just 
some unthought about byproduct of all the work you do. It should be, if, if the reality is, if you have rent as a bill in your business, well, profit should also be considered a bill in your business. Yeah. And and so effectively the way he, and I'm really like kind of breaking it down into his, what I took away from it. So um, basically the way he worked it out was that you should, everything that you do, everything when you bring in money, there's a, there's a percentage should be, broken down into percentages and allocated to its proper place. So for example, if I if I know that basically if I sell a widget, I don't know, this, if I sell this mug, for example, and it's uh, for 100 quid, just for argument's sake, and it costs me 50 quid to buy it, mm-hmm. yeah, to get it in in the first place. And then to have, to sit in the office and everything else um, is 20 quid, yeah? For, and then... And then there's some other costs that's 10 quid. So basically I've got 50% is the cost, out of the 100 quid, 50% goes to the cost of the goods. Yeah. 20% or 30% goes to my overheads to yeah. actually be able to have a thing to be able to sell the thing in the first place. Yeah. And then the last 20% is my profit. And then he just says, it doesn't matter whether you get one pound in, a hundred pound in, or a hundred thousand pound in. Apply those same percentages to every penny you get that yeah. comes in. And... And allocate them to the appropriate account. So that's what we were doing. We every hundred pound that we got in, or a pound that we got in, we were like, okay, fifty percent goes here, twenty percent here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's the twenty percent profit. It goes into this account. Yeah. But what we were also doing is in those percentages was a tax allocation yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's an amazing book. I highly recommend that you read it if you're in business because it completely transformed how we deal with money. And we're, yeah. and the reason I'm raising this is because you just talked about how you should have a fun account. Yeah. Well, what he talks about is. When you put the profit aside, take a percentage of that for owner's pay. And then and then also in the profit account, allocate a small part of it for fun, mm-hmm. for an experience for yourselves. And then just look at that once a quarter. Wasn't that how you pay for the Tony Robbins weekend? That's exactly how, yeah. yeah. So basically we've been doing this process. So we were getting somewhere, we've gone from taking hardly any transactions a week to suddenly doing four to five hundred transactions a month yeah. and um it, it used to just drive you nuts didn't mm-hmm. it so we then put this uh strategy in place uh, from the profit first book and everything became easier mm-hmm. and there was always money in the accounts mm-hmm. there was always there was always enough to pay the staff there was always enough to pay us and there was profits building up in the background mm-hmm. in the business and we were like this is amazing. And it got to, and you would look at the uh, fun account mm-hmm. once a quarter. Mm-hmm. It was coming up to that. And I was like, what should we do? And I was like, do you know what? Let's do Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. The fun account can pay for Tony Robbins. It's like a good couple of grand or whatever it was to cost to do that experience. But there was no guilt. But you can also do it backwards. So if you if you see something that you want, like, like you say, uh, yes. that costs a couple of grand. You can work the whole thing backwards. So yeah. in order to get a couple of grand in my fun account, what do I need to be selling? Yeah. Um, you know, work it work it all the way up. Yeah, yeah. If you're if if you need a hundred quid to buy something, and mm. it's in, and your fun account percentage is ten percent of yeah. the total, that just for argument's sake, then yeah, it's really easy. It's like well, okay, yeah. well, ten times a hundred yeah, is exactly. that, yeah. so it's a thousand. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it does. It does fit really. The Profit book, first book entirely changed our philosophy in running the business money. Yeah. Because you're right. We would go, 
well, how much more equipment do we want? Yeah. And uh, in fact, somebody else we know in business would literally, they would judge the success of their holiday uh, of their business by how much they could spend on holidays. Yeah. That was their metric. Yeah. And I think they got themselves up to a point where they were spending quarter of a million on mm -hmm. holidays a year. And he would literally sit down in November and go, right, I want to have... Uh, next That's the year, first thing he would plan. Yeah, year. but before anything yeah, else. Yeah, build it backwards, yeah. Yeah, and he would say, right, 250000 in my holiday account. Right, let's work backwards. What would the business need to be to achieve to do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And it's fascinating when you look at money in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, he also had the um, philosophy of build the herd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I forgot all about that. Yeah, so if, uh, if there's, there's something that he wants to do um, and he can't just, you know, ramp up sales in his existing kind of portfolio of products or services or whatever it yeah. is. So, well, what, what can I do to build the herd to yeah. get whatever it is I want. So it might be that he creates a, a you know, a, a weekend conference or, yeah. um, I don't know, sells a, a, a new course or um, sells a, a, I don't know, audio book or, yeah. or, or, you know, like a, what's the word I'm thinking of? Ebook yeah. uh, or something like that in order to, to build a herd to pay for whatever it is that he's wanted to, to think of rather yeah. than what the majority of us do is take it out of our existing profits or yeah. or um or even borrow for it or whatever but his philosophy was like oh i want to buy that car or i want to buy that whatever okay I'll well i want to take yeah i want to invest this in the business yeah. how, and have and he he's it was all underpinned by his philosophy of building a building a herd building yes, a tribe true. of people yeah. that are engaged with you so he's his whole strategy is about okay how can i keep reconnecting with these people so that they feel they're getting lots of value from me all the time. So when I want to do something, I can put it in front of them and they'll engage with and it. And they want it, yeah. Yeah, and um, he still does that today. And he's been yeah, doing yeah. that for donkey's years. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a couple of other, because you mentioned um, the Profit First book, there's a couple of other books that I, I want to mention that I'll put on the Smiling um, Entrepreneurs website okay, cool. because they're they're great for, for that side of money in terms of um, either managing your money or... Um, learning about investing, yeah. learning from other people that um, are successful. So one of them is, um, he's getting mentioned again, um, The Money Master the Game by uh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins again. The, Tony mean, Robbins the book again. is seriously like this. So yeah. you've got to really have There is an audio version of it as well. Yeah, I but I think that's that's even harder because okay. you're listening to like money stuff. It's it's not his most entertaining read, I must admit. Um, but it is, it is good because he interviews, I can't remember how many people, but it's like, couple of hundred or something of the world's most wealthy people right um and they share their tips and to how they've got to where they are so yeah. from that point of view it, it is really interesting um there's a couple of others um own the world is very similar um the world is that andrew craig craig andrew yeah. craig yeah um the wealth chef um that's by a female author i can't remember her name but i will put it onto the website um and um and where's the other one uh, um, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. The other ones I've got here are more about mindset. So the, those ones that I've just mentioned are very much kind of uh, strategies for right. for increasing your wealth. Um, as the wealth chef sounds like it's yeah. she. There's literally recipes for increasing your wealth. That's right. that's the way she um puts it. But these other ones that I've got are much more about mindset, which is where I. Really, 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 really struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big, and I think most of us do on one way, shape, or form because it's it's scary. Like I, that we've definitely both had situations. I I always remember, 
Um, I remember walking in. I think it was first thing when we were getting ready, um, and it was in our house down in Dorset. Um, we were living in Dorset, and uh, I remember walking into the bedroom, and you were stressing about money, and I, I remember going, "Yep, we could go bus next month." And I remember <laughs> that, and I think that was that was just because we were so running so fast, yeah, to, and just laying the tracks as the train was coming down in the business, yeah. and that's terrifying when you're in that situation, but, yeah, in yeah. that roller coaster. So. Yeah, there's, yeah, mine's, it definitely all affects it. Mindset is, is huge, and I think it is the, the deciding factor in, in uh, wealth creation and um, success with money, because um, no matter what you believe, whether you believe in um, religion or the power of the universe or manifestations or whatever it is, if your mindset is telling you that everything's hard yeah. and, um, you know, I grew up with money doesn't grow on trees and you know, who do you think I am a bank? We can't afford that. And all yeah. of these negative messages. And also the fact that um, people that did have money were bad in some way. Oh, yeah. You're... They, they were gluttons or they were greedy or they, they were uh, irresponsible or I had all these terrible messages. Well, you have family members that will literally change their... Like, someone can be great, but if they find out they've got money, yeah. they are now, like, the worst person in the world. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're horrible, aren't they? They're this or they're... Done... It's a really strange and messaging, isn't it? very much all right for them. And, yeah. you know, it's um, and not for the likes of us. And yeah. I, if you could write down every single negative <laughs> money statement, I've heard it yeah. <laughs> multiple times, thousands yeah. of times, uh, with the messages that I grew well, it's up It's a conditioning with. piece, It right? really is. And it, and it takes so much to unravel um mm. and it really does work because whenever i've kind of i have really worked on my money mindset things have turned around yeah. but i've never kept it up no. i'm like oh I, i'm all right now and i'll carry on and do something else and then and then it, it seeps back in and yeah. if you have had negative conditioning on anything it doesn't have to be money you know um a lot of single parents out there may have uh, projected onto their child bad things about relationships so that child grows up with negative patterns on relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. or health somebody that struggles with their health you might or, or weight is another one you yeah. know um if you've watched a parent with a really bad relationship with food then you're likely to inherit that so if you have had these negative messages undoing that conditioning is a lifetime job in a it way is, yeah. you, you have you have to keep keep working at it um well it's like anything to do with it's same as like your mental health is it requires the same work is your physical health yeah you don't stop it yeah you don't yeah. go to the gym go, do right, a workout <laughs> yeah and that's it right it's my exercise done for a life right like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't work that way yeah, does it there's absolutely. your your body and your brain will just default to what's um what it's used to what yeah. it's comfortable with what it's familiar with and yeah i think we've that might that that money mindset if if for no other reason other than it flips your perception of abundance versus what's the opposite? Scarcity. Scarcity. Yeah. Because um, that because that's the conversation that you and I have often had yeah. is that I will often think I've always approached business so um, in with the philosophy that it's there is more than enough for everybody to yeah. succeed. Right? There's there's you just. Even if you were completely, fantastically amazing at what you did, you still could not saturate the market with what you do, and nor could your competitor. Whereas I grew up with, if they've got it, you haven't. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> if they're winning, I'm losing. Yeah. 
And that's such a dangerous way because it's not, it's not, I get it because it's like a, almost a protectionism kind of philosophy. It's yeah. like, oh, I won't, I'm, I'm not going to get disappointed mm-hmm. or I'm not going to mm-hmm. whatever. But it's so dangerous because it completely underpins all your reactions and relationships and decisions because yeah. it's like, I've got a hoard or I, or I can't give this piece of information or I can't build a relationship with that person or I can't. And the reality is in business and in life, a vast majority of what you do is about relationships. Yeah. And opportunities come because, in fact, when we see Cyan uh, tomorrow on Tomorrow's Call, one of the, one of the things I want to question him on is um, his networking. Yeah. We saw a massive change happen to him um, years ago where he was kind of running around and um, just trying to piece together ideas just to get them off the ground. Yeah. And then suddenly he would had consistently networked with with groups of people that had already succeeded, who yeah. were already there. And the change in him, his business, and his opportunities just grew exponentially. He went well, from... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, he went from being kind of one of the other guys that we knew in business to probably one of the leaders in yeah. all the people that we knew in business in terms of success, mindset, and all that kind of stuff. Well, also, that, that's what I was going to say on mindset, because I always find Simon a really interesting character from the point of view that he isn't just all positives. You know, when, when somebody says mm-hmm. mindset, you think, oh, they, they, they see the world with rose-tinted glasses yeah, and everything's yeah. positive. He's actually quite negative in some ways. You know, he sees um, the, the way the, the world's going often often a couple of years in advance. Yeah. And, oh, you know, there's going to be a recession here and be careful of that because that, that would happen. And he can be quite negative, but yeah. he's fearless. Yes. And that's the difference. You know, he, he really believes in kind of, creating your own opportunities and taking risks um, and, and all of that kind of stuff, or working hard yeah. and, and, and his own self-belief as well. I think well, it's, it's interesting that you call it negative because yeah. I see it as he he's identifying future risks because yeah. uh, he's quite an optimistic person yes. in his approach to life. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he, but he's very acutely aware of when... Like looking at things that could fall over. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, all I meant was in terms of negative, he's not all like sunshine and rainbows when you talk to him. It, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? That's what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. It, don't don't expect things to be like kind of rose tinted glasses. Yeah, exactly. Dressed up nice. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, you'll get what, it as it is. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I mean because you you would expect somebody maybe with. Um, his level of success and and um, money mindset to always be like oh everything's wonderful all the yeah, time but it's that's not it, life. no exactly yeah so um so some of the other things with um to kind of uh, stuff that I work on and um to in, to improve your money mindset is to always believe there's more uh, you know there's always more coming so even if you yeah. are in a place where you've had to pay out lots of bills or um, you know, your, your tax bill's been a bit of a shock <laughs> um, or something like that. Is, um, a lot of the, the kind of people I, that I've, I've read and follow, they, they're almost like their mantras whenever they give out a check or whenever they pay something or whenever they give money to charity. Yeah. Their, their constant kind of mantra inside is there's, there's more where that came from. There's more yeah, yeah. We have, more. we have friends of ours that tithe. Yeah. So then and they will give 10, 15 sometimes more percent yeah. um, of everything they earn just to hand it over yeah. to a church or to a whatever. Which just... again is a, an abundance mindset because a scarcity mindset would, would hang on to that 10% yeah. and put it in a under the mattress somewhere yeah. uh, for, to save for a rainy day kind yeah. of mentality. Whereas yeah. their mentality is there's always more. Yeah, yeah. And, and their life they live demonstrates exactly. that that's the case. That's yeah. the crazy thing. Everybody that 
we know have the opposite approach. Yeah. Live quite small, yeah. fragile lives, don't yeah, they? Absolutely. And the people that have this abundance mindset have completely the opposite approach. Yeah. And it's not that they've always had that, you know, they've come from loads of money. Um, yeah. Lots of them have kind of bootstrapped their way up. Yeah. Um, but it, it, Well, all the people, I'd say, I'd say all the people we know in business who've become very successful, yeah. that we know personally, have come from limited means to begin with. Yeah. Like they've they've not been handed anything. No, exactly. And and actually when I was reading the, the Marie Folio um uh blog earlier, um I mistakenly thought that she had come from money because she's right. always been so kind of glamorous and glossy yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. But um she when she starts the blog with saying if somebody had told me to just have an abundance mindset when I was working two jo- waitressing jobs during the day and another job in the evening while I was trying to build my business, I was like, Oh, I didn't know that yeah, about yeah. you. You know, so and lots of the, the greats that you kind of read about or yeah. watch or listen to have all had the same story. They've all worked their butts off to start with, but yeah. they've always had that that belief in in themselves and in abundance. Well, someone once said in a uh, we were with a group of other business owners and we were just chatting away and one of the business owners was going through hell at the time and um, I think he was uh, whatever there was issues with the business and everything but he was it was a very emotional experience um, for him telling us all about the pain that he was going through and the difficulties he was having. And then one of the people in the room said, um, there's a book in this, though. And I remember them saying that. And I remember thinking, that's so true. It's like that, um, like that, this is a moment in time yeah. where um, the, when you've survived and you've, and you've come out the other side, yeah. you'll reflect upon. And, and yeah, I thought that's such a great way of putting it. There's a book in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but and I, I, I actually thought you were going to be talking about. Um, I thought the person you were referring to was someone else as you were saying that because I remember a similar time when we, in one of our masterminds, that someone was lamenting the things that were going wrong in their business, right. but their their language was so defeatist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, any solution that anybody came up yeah, with, yeah. it was a no, 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 I can't do that. No, no, and that's because of this, and that's because of that. And there was excuses, and and you can tell the difference between two people's mindset just by listening to their language well, yeah and, it, and mindset doesn't necessarily have to be a defining like that is you and that's it mindset is just is is just reinforced by a state that you get yourself in that um and it's just a pattern of behavior yeah like you, and all you need to do is change that pattern of behavior and you might think well that's like that's easier to said than done but is it it's it's, it's, it's not that hard you could just literally go right okay I'm being, I just need to shake things up right now. I'm going to go out for a run. Mm. You know, I'm going to go do something entirely different. That's not this thing. And just that change in, and that's one of the things that we learned again, talking about Tony Robbins, about in UPW, he talks about changing your physical state to change your mental state. And if you find yourself, because we've talked about this with you, because money is a trigger for you, you, it will create a a really negative cloud that goes Mm -hmm. over you. And then you get yeah buttism. <laughs> yeah and, buttism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 which, you're gonna coin that one. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. I wish you get it on a t shirt. Yeah, yeah buttism. <laughs> uh, see my what yeah buttism is for anybody that's never heard the term before. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah. Um is Kate will have a problem and it, that, that's triggered by some issue and concern with money. And of course we've had many of those in twenty twenty. <laughs> and um and I'll say, Well, why don't we try this? Or have we thought about that? Or let's go in this direction. And you'll go, yeah, but. 
And it'll be everything will be yeah, but and the other yeah, one but. is I'm worried about. Oh, I'm worried about, or I'm fed up. You, you found the word. No, I've dropped fed up. I dropped Thank that a goodness. few years ago. But you, um, I, I, uh, I'm not allowed to say worried anymore either. No, because it's because the what, what I as, as because we've been together for so long, I recognise that. Oh, here we go. It's <laughs> like that's that's like the peak of the iceberg. That that little <laughs> sign. Like I know where where this is going. So it's like, it's just. Go do something else. Like, and we will say, won't we? It's yeah. like, go do a run. Yeah. Just like, stop. And if you're listening or watching this and you're just completely stressed out and money's an issue at the moment, which you're not on your own, that's the case for many, many of us in it because of 2020, then um, you, you have to think of yourself, right, okay, what kind of person do I need to be yeah. to solve this problem? Right, who, who, what kind of person is it that would be able to create a solution and run with it? And generally, that's someone who is strong-willed, is optimistic, yeah. um, is looking for opportunities and this kind of stuff. And if you're sat there going, "Well, I'm none of those things right now," yeah, because I'm scared, I'm like, I'm depressed, I'm all of these things. So, is that state going to be the thing that's going to find well, you? Well, it's an ego thing as well. So, I think you either. You're either someone that worries and moans about money all the time, or if you're trying to kind of come out of that, but you but you don't know how, you try and ignore the money and just yeah. keep your head down and keep going. Um, I think which I do do that a bit. I'll be yeah. honest. I'm not immune to money worries, no. but my response to money worries is to make them tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is to go okay, that bill's how much? And then it's like huge in front of me. But then in my mind, I make it this tiny, 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 tiny yeah. little thing. So it looks like I don't care about it. I do care so about it. So you could it, take that one step further and you've got this huge bill come in, change that in your head to that's a, a huge invoice that you've just in, invoiced out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's switching those uh, thoughts about money into positive ones. So um, as you just said, if you are head in your hands and, you, and you've got lots and lots of kind of um, money issues, whether they're, previous or whether they're caused by 2020 um surround yourself with positive money stories yeah um and it, it will change your outlook it won't it's not going to change your your money in your pocket immediately no. but it will put you on the right path to earning money so that some of the books that i've already mentioned but also um there's there's lots of others where you can just hear these more positive reinforcing stories like there's one again i haven't written it down the author but this is a fairly new book uh Ariane somebody um again I'll put it on the website but the fearless money mindset I was listening to a podcast with this lady recently and she lived in her car for seven months (laughs) (laughs) but even when she was living in her car she was just like she said she actually had the time of her life she was she was still going you know she was going to parties and stuff she knew it was just a blip right she knew deep down that this is just something I'm working through she she didn't take that as this is this is me for good, this is my reality, oh my God, what am I going to do, my life's yeah. over. Completely the opposite. She was just like, it's just a blip, and yeah. carried on through. So um, other other ones are, um, Denise Duffield-Thomas has got a series of three-bit books, which, and I love all of them. Um, Lucky Bitch was the first one. Uh, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch was the second one, which is obviously all about money. And her third one is Chillpreneur, Chillpreneur um, in that you don't have to fight to work really hard in order to be a success. Can I just say something? Yep. <laughs> I've got loads more. Okay. I just wanted just to jump in a second because it, it just triggered a, a point that I think is really important because especially about her spending her life in her car and stuff like that. If you're listening to this, you're worrying about money right now and you have kids, 
you might be thinking, well, um, see, if I was on my own, this would be a different problem. But I'm having to worry about my wife or my husband yeah. and my children and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And that's and we've been there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we've yeah. we've 100% been there where it's like the world is on your shoulders and you're thinking and there's nobody that can help you. Yeah. And and you have horrible moments of what am I doing to my relationship? What am I doing with my children here? Yeah. What's like how are they going to feel about me and all this kind of stuff? And one of the things that traveling really did for me was um it made me realize that actually the money side doesn't even factor into our relationship as a family mm. my relationship with you and our relationship with the kids yeah. and us as a unit of four and what what traveling made really became apparent was it didn't matter whether they had nothing at all like there was there was a couple of times on our travels where you'd organize for us to stay somewhere actually maybe it was only one where it was a pit it was a horrible place to be. One. Yeah, yeah, there was, was one. Was I think there was fleas everywhere. Yeah, and, it was. It was um, But and it was just, it was just, an, it wasn't a great experience at all. And luckily, we were only there for a really short time. But, but the point is that the four of us together lived through that together, and what all that mattered to us and all that mattered to the kids was that we were together. Yeah, that was it. Like the the idea of. Oh, well, I really want all these, but I wish I had all my toys. I wish I had all of this kind of stuff. Didn't even resonate. Yeah. You know, it was just, and the way we approached, the language we used with the children all the time was, this is an adventure. Mm. We're on an adventure, mm. right? And and parts of adventures are that things are a bit shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but there's also going to be highlights yeah. of this adventure. And so if you're sat there in complete fear and worry and, wor- and thinking, well, how, how will the kids feel if they no longer have their 16-inch television and all this kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah. They don't care. What matters is the four of you or the three of you well, or whatever, or two or well, whatever. throughout our travels, you know, um, we definitely had some absolute bucket list moments. Um, you know, when we were in Thailand, that's something I've always wanted to do is is meet elephants. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I love elephants and um, that was a real bucket list thing I wanted to do. And so I... I very much explored making sure that we were um, going to a, a, a proper sanctuary rather than like a, a tourist-led uh, thing where they don't treat the animals right and, and all of that. And, and that was an amazing moment. But the kids can be there where I'm I'm like on cloud nine thinking I've created this amazing experience for our family <laughs> and we can walk down the road to a park and they'll have just a good if not better a time yeah. on a broken swing and a, a wonky slide yeah and re- remember it and talk about it <laughs> yeah, just as much absolutely yeah. it's um, in fact some of our best times have literally been at playgrounds around yeah. the world <laughs> and i think that's that's one of the things that's really helped us get through this year yeah and just think about life in general is that all of like money will come and go and as long as and you have to have faith if you work hard you do your d- disciplines every day you step up to the plate every day then the tide will turn in your favor eventually like yeah. it might be that nothing's happening now might be that if anything not that just nothing's happening now but you are losing money yeah. daily and it's painful and scary you might be in that situation but just keep stepping up and it'll get easier yeah but that is an entirely separate thing yeah. to what it is for your relationship with your other half or your relationship with your children yeah. they are they are and i think that's the problem sometimes because we get so because we've been all conditioned to things are us yeah and uh, 
and we're not we're we're not of the same value unless it's got a particular brand on it. Mm. We feel that in some way by removing those that, that we also apply the same thing to other people yeah. that we care about, and we yeah. go right by removing those branded things, we're in some way devaluing them. Yeah, completely missing the point that the value is in the relationship; it's yeah. not in the things that we use. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, that really help, has helped us, isn't it? Yeah. No point through this year, as scary as this year has been, have we ever questioned, will us four be okay? No. Because we're like, well, even if we have to live in a bloody shoebox, yeah. we'll, we'll be fine because we've got us four. Yeah. That's always been our philosophy. Yeah, just it, it, fill your mind with, with positive stuff. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and try and avoid the worry because if what you focus on you'd get or what, what's that saying what you resist persists uh, um and um and so if you focus on the negative i, I love the uh scene in um fantastic beasts the the film um right. when he he says something like somebody says they're worried about something and he's like well i've always thought worrying is just suffering twice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just like that's so true yeah it is <laughs> yeah and so yeah, you won't see opportunities if yes, you're in a yeah, negative exactly. place, if you're in a... Um, scarcity. Scarcity, I keep forgetting that word. Yeah, scarcity, scarcity mindset. mindset. It's just, you won't identify opportunities, you won't build relationships that could move you forward. Yeah. Um, so. And one of the other things that I um, have struggled with in terms of a, a scarcity mindset is is deserving it. Um, right. So not in that I don't, I don't particularly deserve it as in I don't deserve it, but why should I have it when so on, so, someone else is suffering so much? Right. Um, you know, how is that fair? That, that kind right. of thing. Um, and, uh, and a, a lot of the, the, the kind of material that I read, it talks about how everyone deserves it and how er, uh, just you having money can impact the world, either physically, if you're, you know, philanthropist or, um, you know, you create a charity or whatever it is, but also just by you inspiring others with your yeah. story and with your, the way you are, with your mindset, with what you, um, with the money you, you buy things with, you know, yeah. you buy things from a small business, you're helping that small business. So don't um, be afraid of money. If again, if you've been kind of taught negative patterns, like people with money are bad, that's, that's not the case. No. It's, it, well, it does magnify, it magnifies what and who you are. Yeah. And we've seen that with people who have acquired money over time. There's, yeah. It definitely magnifies aspects of who they are. But yeah. So if they were not a nice character in the first place, it magnifies Yeah, it just, yeah. It just it raises the platform, right? Mm. It raises the reach. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think, that, I think looking forward, I mean, for us going, drawing this year to a close and going into the new year after quite a weird experience, as many of us have had in 2020... We're that because we're very conscious of this. We're not we're not robots, right? We're this is a daily practice of optimism, like looking after yourself, just and all of those things that move us in the right direction. And you, you it's a daily, daily discipline. Yeah, you can't. Definitely. It's not something you do once and then just think, okay, well, I'll come back to that maybe next week. It's like you've got to just keep pushing forward. Yeah, and then it it, it will push you through those blocks. Yeah, because that's um, what Denise um, Duffield Thomas talks a lot about is money blocks. Right. How how um, these thoughts block you from, as you said, like seeing opportunities or yeah. moving forward, or you know, taking that, making that phone call, or whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It um, these they will block you. Well, yeah, and charging like charging the right amount of money. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. A great example of this was our guest a few days ago. Um, 
Liz Ellery, who, or Elizabeth Ellery, if you look for her on Instagram, um, who has a branding company and she had a mentor and, and she explained on, on that podcast that she, the, the mentor, she, the mentor asked her, well, what are you going to charge for your service? And she said what the charge was and the mentor said, double it. And she's like, really? Double it? And she said, well, what, who are the clients you want? Yeah. What, do, what are you working for? And if you have a... And she was already at the ceiling of what she thought she could yeah, charge. Yeah, and this person said, just double it. And said, but if she, had, if she had a scarcity mindset, she never would have doubled it. No. And her business would be an entirely different business today had, had she made that wrong decision. She'd not, as would du- her not lifestyle, it. as would her mindset. It would yeah. all connect. And her opportunity to reach other people, yeah. the whole thing. So, yeah, your, your ability to make money um, and, and to bring money into your life, like scarcity mindset isn't just about, oh, there's not much money out there. It's about how you price your time. It's about everything you do. Yeah. And you have to feel confident that you're bringing value and there's lots of value to give yeah. and people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a uh, last point, actually, you say give. Uh, that's something that you can you can really do. And it, it, it sounds completely um, contradictory that if you're if you're struggling with money to give. Um, but even if you if you literally cannot give a penny, you can give your time, yeah. you can give your expertise, you can volunteer um, and giving something to others is the fastest way to make you feel more abundant and more a hundred percent well i um i don't think i've told you this yet but that's been one of the things that i've been doing the last few days just reaching out to people yeah. and um uh, i uh, i just recently just randomly um gave someone audible for 12 months right. um oh, i uh, saw that actually on our bank statement <laughs> Pay for 12 months when we pay it monthly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, because I, 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 I just saw something and I just thought they could really do with some of that stuff. Yeah. And so I got them a couple of books and I got them audible for, oh. for 12 months and things like that. And the sense of helping somebody else, giving somebody else in some way helps yeah. me and my philosophy on the day empowers like, that abundance approach. Yeah. So it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't have to be money, but no. giving, like reaching out and being kind and giving, like, what do they call it? Random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I went for a face, I don't think I told you this either. But whenever I used to get cash out of a cash machine, I'd, I'd always get a tenner more, and then I'd leave the tenner on the cash machine. <laughs> That's where our money goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably broke. <laughs> no. no, but yeah, that's, that's what I used to do as well. I used to so. leave the um, uh, coin in the, in the trolley. Oh, yeah, I somebody did that. didn't have to find a coin in the in their trolley. Yeah, I, I I always did that up until coming to France. Why is that? Because we very rarely have any euros. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We, are, yeah, so, so we have to hold on to our one euro. Yeah, one euro. That one euro easy. gets it's just going to get worn out <laughs> by the trolley. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's money mindset. Um, I I hope that helps. As I say, it's. I am not an expert by it. Well, as I say, in some ways I am an expert because I work on it all the time because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably my biggest demon. Um, but it's, it's something that uh, really, really does work if you, can, if you can get hold of your money mindset. And I will put tons of resources on the Smiling Entrepreneurs site. Yeah, and we'll be doing more episodes on money. Uh, obviously, we've got Siam coming into the podcast tomorrow uh, for a chat about all wealth creation, money and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And there's some key strategies that we actually do that you mentioned about some of the spreadsheets I use and all this kind yeah. of stuff 
that in future episodes we'll share with you. So yeah, cool. Right, that was episode twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Thank you.